Have you been thinking about making your own course, your own program, and selling it? Then you're going to want to listen into this episode and the next one where I'm going to talk about the five things I wish I knew before I built my first program. Thank you, Dynamic Women, for joining us today. Please hop on over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a review. Who do you know who needs to hear our message? We'd love it if you'd share our channel with your friends and family. If you're ready to be more dynamic, have more balance and more success, head over to www.dynamicwomenclub.com forward slash free gift for your key to success book. Stay dynamic. Hello, lovely dynamic women, and welcome to the Dynamic Women podcast. I'm Diane Rolston, your host, and course building is our topic. Now, when I just say course building, it actually sounds a little bit boring, but you probably have a message to share and you want to put your knowledge, your expertise out there for your clients to enjoy. Plus, you're looking for products to sell. And so I have been in business for, I guess it would be over 12 years now. And since the very beginning, I've had programs. Now, not like since day one, but very close to the beginning, I created programs and they've been all different kinds of programs, online, one-on-one, in-person, group, with videos, with audios, with handouts, with a workbook, a one-day, a two-day, a retreat, they've all different kinds. And I was thinking, what are the things I wish I knew in the beginning of making my programs that would have helped me out a lot? So I'm going to do a two-part series. This one, I'm going to talk about the five things I wish I knew before I built my first program or course. And then I'm going to talk about the five things I actually learned by creating my first programs that my clients actually really love. And you're going to want to incorporate as well. So you're going to want to listen into both. Okay. So let me go through the five different pieces. And let me state also that I do have a background in curriculum design from my previous job, but there are still things that I learned that are kind of basic but make complete sense when you're a solopreneur or business owner or someone that just wants to have a few courses or programs on the side. So here are the five. First is clearly define the learning objectives, right? Your people want to know, what am I going to learn by the end of this program? Now, that's something that did come back from my, my background in curriculum development. But a lot of times the person creating it knows the learning objectives. They don't always share with their people with the students. And so when you clearly define the learning objectives, you are going to know and your clients are going to know what are the specific goals that they're going to be able to be guaranteed that they're going to achieve. What are their outcomes that they're going to be able to have? And when you have that, then you can reverse engineer your course to be like, if I want to get them there, how do I get them there? Right? It's going to build out, help you build out the structure It's going to help you to figure out all the content that goes in it. But the question that I learned after a while of working with other people that really helped me is, what is your client going to be able to be, do, or have by the end of your program? And then you have to put that in your marketing, right? Put your learning objectives in the marketing. And then people know if this course is right for them because they're going to be hitting those objectives. That's number one. Clearly define your learning objectives. Number two is... Not just know where who your audience is, but know where your audience is at. Are they in the beginning stages? 
Are they further on? Are they novices at this topic? Are they experts at this topic? Do they not know how to implement it and, and they need to learn that? Or do they just need the concept of it? So you need to know where they're at, right? Know their needs, know their background, know their skill level of your target audience, not just who they are, but where they're at. It's so important. And that will help you to be able to tailor your course content to them. It'll tailor the content, your language, the examples you give, maybe the activities, the level of the quizzes that you give them. A lot of times I forget that the programs I'm teaching, the people I'm teaching have no experience with it whatsoever. And I talk at this high level and, and, and I throw things out there. For example, I might say something like, yeah, okay, so you'll set up your email sequence from your lead magnet or your email capture. And so you'll want a really good CRM for that. And right now I've used a whole bunch of lingo and a whole bunch of words that no one knows. They don't know lead magnet. They don't know email capture. They don't know what an email sequence is and they don't know what a CRM is. So I have to teach all of those things. And if you're wondering what those things are, lead magnet is a gift that you give someone or email capture, something that you, right, you give your email so you can get a gift back. A CRM is a client relationship management tool. So something like a MailChimp, Keep Infusionsoft, Kajabi can do it as well, among many others, Constant Contact. And an email sequence is a grouping of emails that go out like one after another after another that are all programmed to do that usually in your CRM. Okay, so that's know where your audience is at because what you might realize is that you're actually teaching a super high level and that you need to dumb it down. And so your program, you're actually creating it like a level three and you need to create a level two program and a level one program, or it's a sequence of they learn this and then they learn this and then they learn this. So again, going back to learning objectives. So know where your audience is at is number two. Number three, chunk your content into digestible units. So break down your content into smaller modules and lessons. A lot of times people want to just row these one, two hour long lessons. But if you bring them into manageable units, it allows your student to have that breather of, okay, I've learned this. Now I'm going to take a pause and I'm going to go learn this. And then I'm going to learn that, take a break. It helps them to more easily understand it and also to retain it, which kind of is your goal, right? You want them to learn it and retain it. So when you do that, it also gives them a little dopamine hit of like, check, I finished, check, I finished, check, I finished. And actually what I should have included in the next episode is this one too, because that idea of having it down into smaller parts, not even like a 20 minute video, but four or five minute videos is even better. Number four, use active learning techniques. So passive learning is, you know, they're sitting back and it's just, they're being talked at. And that's kind of the normal professor university lecture style. However, if you can be more active learning where they are going to be participating, you're encouraging them to actively be engaged, to you're going to bring in activities for them. That's where like 
I've had the most success is by having them take the knowledge, engage with it, engage with me, engage with activities, and then go apply that, have an implementing activity that they do so that then they can apply the knowledge and actually learn it, actually know it. Another thing you can do with this is have them teach someone else in the group a piece of content, because if they know how to teach it, then they know it, right? So number four is use active learning techniques. Don't just have them sit back and be quiet, right? We want to have them engaging and so recalling and so asking them questions, having them answer, having them tell you things in the class. Uh, And it could even be quizzes and, and other pieces like that. And the last piece is around testing your course. Test your course. This is not beta, Okay, but before you launch your course, you can do a pre-launch. You can do a small launch that's not as like a soft launch that's not public that you just test on a small group of learners. So maybe you put it out to a part of your list or you privately reach out to some clients or some people and you bring that on. You don't have to do beta if you can definitely know that you're going to get them to those learning objectives, right? And so if you want, uh, I, I have another episode around not having to do beta and being confident that first time around with your program. So I I suggest you uh, go and listen to that episode. So when you do this, though, this little test run with your course with a small group, you're going to be able to identify areas of improvement, which is really important. And then you can make the revisions before you put it out like properly and full on market it. And here's a top tip here. Check the name. Check the name of the course that it's actually something that people are wanting because I had named a program perfectly balanced and people didn't, they were like, I'm never going to be perfectly balanced. But what I was saying in the program is we're going to find the perfect balance for you, but that's too much explaining. And so I wish I had tested the name because I put the name all over the marketing and all in my videos and in everything. And it, it was a dud. I had to change it. (laughs) So then it became dynamic balance instead. So this way, by testing it on a small group, you can really see that your target audience for where they're at are going to really enjoy it, right? They're going to get a lot out of it and meet those learning objectives. And here's the last super bonus tip that I didn't share. This is more than five. The last one is always market and sell your program, your course, before you fully develop it. Meaning. You can have an outline, you can know your learning objectives, you can talk about where your clients are at and where they'll get to, but you don't have to record every video, create every handout and do everything in developing it. Sell it, make sure people want it, then you're paid to develop it. Okay, I'm going to wrap up there. I hope you enjoyed this and you're going to take these tips into your first program or creating your 10th or 100th program. And make sure you stay tuned for the next episode where I am going to talk about the five things that I've learned in creating my programs that my clients really love. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe, like, share with a friend and write us a review. And when you do, take a screenshot, email it over to team at dianerelson.com with your mailing address so I could send you a little something special in the mail. Until next time, everyone, stay dynamic. Bye. Thank you, Dynamic Women, for joining us today. Please hop on over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a review. Who do you know who needs to hear our message? We'd love it if you'd share our channel with your friends and family. If you're ready to be more dynamic, have more balance and more success, 
head over to www.dynamicwomenclub.com forward slash free gift for your key to success book. Stay dynamic.